Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Grace Curley Show. Happy Thursday. And this is Caroline Levitt in on the microphone today. Once again, filling in for the great Grace Curley. And I'm so excited to be back. It's always fun, especially when I'm in studio in Needham, Massachusetts, with my good friend Jared on the board. Jared, how are you? I am great. How are you doing? I am doing really well. I have to say, I was on my way here this morning, a little bit of traffic, and I was thinking, God, the people of Massachusetts must be... Very distressed at the news, and I'm I'm looking at Fox News right yeah, now on the television. This is uh, some breaking news in our in our humble abode here of Massachusetts. Bill Belichick departing from the Patriots. Jared and I were just watching the press conference together, and uh, there was a bit of an awkward side hug between Bill and Mister Kraft. Mister Kraft went in for the full bear hug, and Bill just kind of. Kind of gave him a little sidestep. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> He's like, I'm all set. But we know we know Belichick is never one to be warm and fuzzy. Uh, they are emphasizing he's parting amicably, mutually agreed. So we'll have to see what happens next. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I am a football expert. All right, but it it just feels like when you grow up in New England, the Patriots dynasty is a part of your life no matter what. And I uh, am from the generation where we don't know what it's like to really lose. So it's going to be a sad next 10 I'm from years. the generation. Actually, I'm from two generations, I think, before you. I remember quite vividly <laughs> the 80s and the early 90s. We're going to have a, a local expert, a friend of mine uh, from New Hampshire, who's been a 25-year ticket holder at the Pats. He's going to break it down and uh, talk about what he thinks is happening next. Much more news than just sports talk to get to though today and we're going to try to get to all of it i have a jam-packed show for you as always we're going to talk about the state of the 2024 race in a few minutes you guys we are four days away from the iowa caucuses we are 12 days away from the new hampshire primary and i want to hear from you the voters at home the great people of new hampshire or massachusetts wherever you're tuning in from what are you thinking? How are you going to vote? Uh, what do you think about Krispy Kreme donuts dropping out of the race? We're going to get to that in a minute. 844-500-4242 or text Curly to 617-213-1066. In the 2 o'clock hour, we're also going to have uh, Mark Morgan coming on. He's the former acting commissioner of United States Customs and Border Patrol to talk about the Biden border crisis and the insanity that is currently taking place in New York City, where you have uh, New York City children, school children being forced to learn remote, which we know how devastating and horrible that is after COVID. You'd think that city leaders and the administration would never allow that to happen again. But no, they are. 
They're forcing the kids to stare at their laptops like zombies and do remote school. Why? To house illegal immigrants in the school's cafeteria. You can't make it up. We'll be breaking it down later with Mark Morgan. Also to discuss today, Hunter Biden on the Hill yesterday, and it got pretty dicey. So we're going to talk about that and what some great members of Congress on our side of the aisle had to say about it. And uh, also breaking news update, President Trump back in court today in New York City uh, for the just sham partisan witch hunt from Tish James, who, of course, was sitting front row this morning in the courtroom looking just as happy as ever for the cameras to be on her big fat face smiling from ear to ear this is her moment to shine you know she she campaigned on this you guys she promised her voters in new york city that her utmost responsibility was going to be to get trump in today's closing argument so this is her super bowl and there she was front row this morning gleefully shining for the cannon uh the cameras and judge and goron he denied president trump's request for closing arguments but here was president trump outside the courtroom undeterred as always taking it to tish james and the creepy judge cut nine jared which it's election interference at the highest level it's a disgrace it's in coordination with the white house and joe biden because he can't win a campaign fairly and uh, we're going through it, but it is indeed a terrible witch hunt. We're going to have a news conference a little bit later on. As you know, I want to speak. I want to make this summation. Uh, at this moment, the judge is not letting me make the summation because I'll bring up things that he doesn't want to hear. And uh, it's a very unfair trial. Nobody's seen anything like this. I don't think they've ever seen anything like this. We have a situation where a statute was used that doesn't give me a jury, so I have no jury. I really have no rights, and it's uh, and nobody nobody thinks it's constitutional. People, legal scholars are writing about it like it's something they've never seen before. So it's uh, interference, it's political interference, um, and it's something that shouldn't be allowed. Again, this is President Trump just moments ago in the New York City courtroom after hearing closing arguments in which he was denied his right to speak. Uh, by Judge Ngoron. And and I don't know how, how common that is, how uncommon that is. If you're a lawyer, uh, please call in to share your thoughts, 844-500-4242. But it certainly sounds like it's just another slap in the face uh, to President Trump. The judge in this case, we know, is a partisan hack. Uh, his wife had brutal comments about President Trump on her personal Twitter account. Uh, he personally said that he believed Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection before moving forward with this case. And of course, we know this case, the entirety of this case is based on uh, the Trump organization, which is a legitimate family business, a world renowned empire, real estate empire with golf courses and golf clubs from Los Angeles to South Korea. It's very clear and obvious how the Trump organization has made its money over the years. Uh, and it's and yet they're going after him in a courtroom once again, while Joe Biden and the corrupt crime family are running free and Hunter Biden quite literally running free from his hearing on Capitol Hill yesterday. We're going to break this all down throughout the show today at 44 542 
But first, let's get into the news of the day. And that is the 2024 election. We can't escape it, you guys. It is here. Like, I cannot believe it is 2024. Not to be dramatic, but like this feels like, Jared, the year in which America is either going to be saved and we're going to have peace again and prosperity again. And hopefully our economy will recover a little bit or we are quite literally doomed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's not dramatic at all. I, I mean, the 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 progressive totalitarian military government takeover is either going to happen or it's not this year. Right. And if if Trump doesn't win and I I honestly I, I know Vivek got into this, I, I don't see how they can let that happen. And it frightens me to think what they're going to do to stop that. Yeah. Honestly. But it's not dramatic to say that this this is it. Yeah. Well, let's play that cut of Vivek because we do have it. And here's his prediction on how the race is going to play out. I thought this was very interesting. And I'm interested in hearing your your takes on this. 844-500-4242. Jared, cut seven. The system wants to narrow this down to a two-horse race between Donald Trump and a puppet who they can control. And it has become increasingly clear that puppet is not a Democrat. It's not even Gavin Newsom. It's Nikki Haley. It's in our own party. Well, today, one more step in that plot unfolds. Chris Christie drops out. Next up, I'm going to make a prediction. You're actually going to see Ron DeSantis join Nikki Haley's ticket. He's going to be her VP. The whole game, it's hiding in plain sight. Whatever it takes. And this system will stop at nothing. And I mean nothing to eliminate Donald Trump from contention. It's disgusting. But the same people who have said they're not going to actually take a principled stand against Trump's removal from the ballot. Haley and DeSantis are both in that category. Do the math, people. That's next up. Ron DeSantis is after Iowa. Everybody, including Chris Christie, apparently got a phone call from Ron DeSantis. Panicked was the word that Chris Christie used. This is the way the plot's going. Ron may not know this. Ron DeSantis may not know this. But that's what his donors are going to make him do. That's what's coming next. Ron DeSantis will become Nikki's VP. Whether or not Ron knows it, it's not really his choice. He's not the one in charge of that decision. And then the plot continues. We have to open our eyes and not fall into their trap. Our America First agenda cannot end. Our movement cannot end with Donald Trump when they take him out from contention. And if you think this system is going to even let this man get anywhere near the White House, we need to open our eyes. We need to do the right thing for our country. They are selling us the rope today that they're going to use to hang us tomorrow. Do not fall into the trap, people. And that's why I'm here. Lots to break down there. All right. But let's start out with what he said first. And that is Chris Christie's dropping from this race. Really, it was inevitable. Chris Christie never had a shot. We all knew that. We talked about it all summer long when I was filling in for Grace here. Now he can go get his big fat check, no pun intended, from ABC or CNN and make a living off of hating on Republicans still pretending to be one. Sayonara, Chris Christie. Conservatives hate you and Democrats will never respect you. But this race has now become America first, grassroots, patriots, like many of you listening I know, versus the establishment, the uniparty, as Tucker Carlson so often calls it. And it's become very clear, especially over the last few months, as Rhonda Sanctimonious stumbled to oblivion. He's irrelevant at this point in the race. He's polling fifth in New Hampshire. He's polling third in Iowa. He's losing big in his own backyard of Florida to President Trump. So Nikki Haley has become the establishment's darling. 
She is the vessel for the anti-Trump establishment movement. And if you've noticed, now that the spotlight has been pointed on her in the last few weeks, she has flip-flopped like a fish on a boat fresh out of water on literally every issue that matters to you and me. Here she is just last night, literally lying about her claim that she has said consistently that the Social Security retirement age is too low and she would vote to raise it. Here is uh, Nikki Haley lying about that and then, in fact, saying that exact same thing. Cut one. DeSantis is hitting you for claiming the retirement age is, quote, way, way too low. He said, quote, I don't know why she's saying that. So are you saying that? Where do I you have stand never that? once said that. Well, it is. But what we do know is 65 is way too low. I have never once said that, but she is literally on tape saying that exact same thing. (laughs) It's not just Social Security that Nikki is lying about. It's her take on January 6th, which should concern you if you're concerned about the weaponization of our federal government. And it is her take on the border crisis. We're going to get into it when we come back. 844-500-4242. I'm Caroline Levitt. This is The Grace Curly Show. Don't go anywhere. We have a packed three-hour show. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. I'm Caroline Levitt in for Grace today. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what's the poll question today? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is how do you feel about Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots? It was the right move, bad idea, or I don't care? Personally, I'm inclined to say I don't care, but based on the advice I'm hearing from the men in my life, (laughs) they are saying it was the right move at the right time, so let's go with that. Uh, 36% say it was the right move. 21% say it was a bad idea, and 43% don't care. Don't give a crap. All right, well, we'll talk to someone later who does care, and maybe we can learn something from him. 844-500-4242. Bringing it back to politics, because that is certainly the story of the day with the Iowa caucuses just four days away. Uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis bickering with one another last night like wild hyenas on the debate stage. It sounded to me more like they were acting more as Democrats than Republicans. They were giving in to the premise, the false premise of Jake Tapper's hack questions on CNN. They were uh, attacking President Trump with nearly every answer they gave 
and hardly attacked Joe Biden or presented any tangible plans uh, for what they wanted to do when they were the next president of the United States. And once again, Nikki Haley flip-flopping on her positions that are just so important. And it was revealed in the last week that Nikki Haley was caught on tape saying this about illegal immigrants. Cut four. Let's keep in mind these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life too. They have kids too. They have a heart too. They So we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life and they're desperate to get here. That is false. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. By definition, you are an illegal immigrant because you illegally break our nation's border laws. And so therefore, yes, you are a criminal. There are thousands of them storming our border every day. There has been nearly 10 million of them that have come across in the last three years. Tell that to... The, the victims of the crimes that have been committed by illegal immigrants that have come over through Biden's open border. Just a few weeks ago, there was a, a young 16-year-old girl in Texas who was found murdered in her bathtub in cold blood at the hands of an illegal immigrant. And last night at the debate, Nikki Haley was asked to clarify her comments, and she did not correct herself. She did not say Yes, an illegal immigrant is a criminal. She still refused to say it. It shows how weak she is. And it just shows she's she's controlled by the open border globalists that are donating to her campaign in mass. Reid Hoffman and others, large Democrat donors giving to Nikki Haley because the essence of her campaign is not to be a strong Republican conservative president, but it's to stop Donald Trump exactly what the Democrats' goals are. 844-500-4242. We got time for Lou. Lou, let's hit it. You're on the line. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, how you doing? Look, if, if you want Biden in a dress, then you vote for Nikki Haley. She's a, if you like Chris Ray or your Governor Baker up there, then you vote for Nikki Haley. I mean, the, the, she's a classic rhino, rhino, in Republican in name only. And I'll say one thing about, about two things, really. One about President Trump. Reason I support Trump, President Trump, two main reasons. He gets things done, and he gets things done that people want done. And number two, he scares world leaders. He scares the hell out of world leaders. And that's a really great trait to have. She'll scare nobody. She'll be, she'll be almost less scary, less scary than even Biden. Amen, Lou. She should scare us because she won't secure the border. And you're right. She won't bring peace around the world. President Trump will when we come back. More on that. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. It's Caroline Levitt on the mic for the Great Grace Curly today. 844-500-4242. Or you can text Curly to 617-213-1066. We are breaking down the state of the 2024 race as there are four days to go before the Iowa caucuses. And by the way, if you are living in Iowa and you're listening to this show today... 
you better get your butt out there and caucus people. I know it's going to be like negative 20 degrees, but uh, it is your right and responsibility as an American citizen to vote. And this is the, the, this is our chance to send a really strong message to uh, the Biden regime that has been fundamentally destroying America as we know it over the past few years. I am so excited as well. In 12 days, the New Hampshire primaries, the whole media circus, as it does every four years, is going to be landing in my home state. Many of your home states, many of you also reside in New Hampshire as well. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. But most importantly, we need to get out and vote. 844-500-4242. Joining me now to weigh in on all of this is a friend of mine, and uh, you may or may not know him, but on Twitter, or we call it X nowadays, this man is famous, okay? Uh, his name is Alex Brucewitz. He's the CEO of X Strategies. He is an impressive young fellow, and uh, he's making a lot of noise on Twitter these days. Alex, thanks so much for calling into The Grace Curley Show. Caroline, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. It is so great to have you join us, especially in light of all of this crazy 2024 news, Alex. And I want to get your take on it. But first, I want to introduce you to the audience because you have really created something very special on Twitter or as we call it nowadays, X. And it's just so impactful in this digital age that we live in, how Twitter really in the in the instant response online can either make or break a campaign. And we've really seen that in this 2024 cycle. And you are described, many describe you as a pro-Trump, quote, influencer online on social media. Uh, the New York Times has even written about you, Alex, talking about your efforts. They read, had an article talking about inside the troll army waging Trump's online campaign. So talk to our audience to introduce yourself to them about what you do and just how impactful it's been in this 2024 cycle and your efforts to essentially single-handedly destroy Ron DeSantis's online influencer army on Twitter. It's been uh, quite something to see. Well, I don't like using the term influencer. I like the, using the term professional Twitter troll uh, because that's what I, I pride myself on being. I'm in the trenches out there with our reply guys and the great memers. Uh, and if you have any memers listening to this, God bless you and thank you for all you guys do. Um, but, you know, I started, my, I started my company seven years ago uh, simply just helping conservatives get better at Twitter. And it's funny to see, uh, you know, how you can put that to use seven years later, and we've had a really great time um, going up against the DeSantis clowns on, online, and there are a lot of clowns. They have a really, you couldn't honestly ask for better opponents online. They are a bunch of freaks and weirdos, and they're a bunch of emotional 50-year-old men that just cry about words on Twitter, and so we have a really good time messing with them. And uh, it's going to be sad when when that ends in probably four days after the Iowa caucus. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's just walk it back a year ago, Alex. I mean, many were saying 
Ron DeSantis was the favorite in this race. You know, many fake news polls were showing him leading the field. And now today he sits at fifth place in Iowa. He sits uh, at third or fourth or fifth place in New Hampshire. I'm sorry, third or fourth in Iowa. And like I said, the New York Times, like mainstream media has credited a lot of that to his demise uh, on Twitter. And I think it's a great credit to the memers, as you say, and the trolls who have really, I guess, captivated on those moments where Ron has looked awkward or he has flip-flopped on his positions. And I, I guess just speak to that, like some of the viral moments that you have captured and just the, the impact that it has had uh, on his candidacy. What have been some of your favorite uh, moments over the past year really helping to shape the landscape of this 2024 election? Yeah, I think the biggest downfall for Ron was uh, him putting him, himself out there more. You know, for, for years and years, all we saw from Ron was a 20-second clip on social media of him, you know, regurgitating a, uh, you know, red meat talking point. But the more he's out there, the less people like him. And every time he opens his mouth, every time he walks onto a campaign stage and people, like, pause and they, they say, is that man wearing high heels? And the more he's out there, the less they like him. And so we're really thrilled that he went to all 99 counties in Iowa. He scared off people in all 99 counties. Thank you, Ron. But, you know, some of our favorite moments of, uh, of this cycle were, uh, you know, obviously when he launched his campaign on Twitter spaces and the Twitter spaces didn't work. You know, right. like he was trying to be hip and innovative, and it totally turned out to be a disaster. The first day of the DeSantis campaign, his senior advisor, uh, Christina Bochtpushaw, she was fighting with 16-year-olds over Botox in Ukraine. Uh, And so they just lived a hyper-online campaign, and they were terrible at it. Mm. And uh, they just also, they reacted to everything. And so we would post something about the high heels and get an official campaign statement saying, Ron is not wearing high heels. Those are normal Cuban boots. Uh, and they reacted to everything that happened online, and so we had a lot of fun toying with them. And uh, like I said, it's going to be sad in a couple of days when they drop out and then they go back to being irrelevant. Uh, but we really had a good time over the last year messing with these people and, and fighting back against their lies about President Trump. You bringing up those examples and thanks for doing it. You just reminded me like of many of the stories. Bootgate, for instance, that again, and this just shows the power of social media and the digital age we live in. Bootgate started as a meme. It started from trolls like yourself, professional trolls like yourself, talking about it online. And then it literally became a mainstream new uh, media story that ate up like 24 to 48 hours of a news cycle. I mean, cable news was covering it. Politico and the New York Times were right writing about it. And it, it became like a detriment to his campaign for three or four days. And to your point, his campaign was forced to respond to whether or not Ron DeSantis was wearing high heels rather than, you know, what he's going to do for the American people. So uh, that I, I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing it up. So, Alex, another person that you've been uh, hypercritical of online and, and our audience will certainly appreciate this is Krispy Kreme Donuts. He was caught on a hot mic last night. And I want to play the cut for those in our audience who have not heard it, and then get your reaction and your parting message to Chris Christie as he's on his way out the door if he can fit through it. Jared, cut six, please. People don't want to hear it, Wayne. They don't want to hear it. We know we're right, but they don't want to hear it. Right. And, and there's, you know, we couldn't have been any clearer. Right. We couldn't have been any more, any more direct or worked any harder. So, you know. 
Yeah. Well, well, when you give land to China and places like that. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far, just on TV. Spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Always. I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me, petrified that, that I would. He's probably getting out after Iowa. Well, he's petrified. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny that Christie makes his. Uh, his resignation speech from the race, and that's not the news. The news are these comments he made on the hot mic. But, Alex, what's your response to that? And, again, what is your parting message to Crispy Cream Donuts? Well, I would just like to apologize to the Chris Christie supporter in New Hampshire uh, that, you know, his candidate dropped out of the race. Supporter, but, um, singular. <laughs> singular, supporter. I mean, his, his dropping out will have no impact. I mean, people think he's a fool, and rightfully so. Um, and, you know, it's hilarious watching like DeSantis and Nikki get on their knees begging uh, Chris Christie to please endorse them. Uh, and, you know, Trump's out here saying like, you know, Christie's a moron, stuff like that, and which is true. And so, um, you know, but he is at least right about the fact that Nikki Haley is going to get smoked. We smoked Ron DeSantis. Uh, he's going to be dropping out here very soon. Uh, then it's going to be Nikki Haley, and we will smoke her probably even worse than we did Ron, because uh, believe it or not, if there's one person in America that might be less likable than Ron DeSantis, it's Nikki Haley. She's got a terrible track record. Uh, she has terrible policies. If you look at who's supporting her and, and, and financially supporting her, there's some of the worst people in our country. Uh, these are people that offshore American jobs that bankrupted different communities across our country that profit from, you know, deals with the CCP. And so uh, we're going to have a good time taking her on uh, now that she's in second place and we're going to win this race. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of baggage there. I mean, one of the most viral clips I've seen as of late on social media is Nikki Haley saying that we shouldn't call illegal aliens criminals. By definition, if you're illegally in our country, you are a criminal. Mm -hmm. And so she cares more about being sensitive and protecting the feelings of illegal aliens than she cares about protecting our border. And so we're going to do a good number on her like we did, Ron, and uh, we really look forward to it. Very well said, Alex. One of our Rumble chatters has said this guy has to start setting his sights on Haley. All of the establishment types are in on her. And it sounds like you are. Uh, And I want to play this for you because I know this one probably personally hits home. You yourself were subpoenaed by the January 6th committee for attending President Trump's peaceful and protest and and peaceful protest uh, on Capitol Hill that day. And here's Nikki Haley talking about January 6th last night on the debate stage. Jared, cut three. And I think what you're seeing is Donald Trump basically said that the election was stolen. He went on and on talking about the election being stolen. He said that January 6th was a beautiful day. I think January 6th was a terrible day. So we know that she's saying January 6th was a terrible day, not for the reasons that you and I and millions of Americans see it, not for the reasons that the January 6th political protesters see it for, which was a weaponization of our federal government against the American people and against all of those peaceful protesters who showed up to fight for election integrity that day. Alex, as someone who was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee, last question for you. How do you how does that make you feel hearing Nikki Haley talk about J6 in that way? It's she's she's pushing Democrat talking points. 
Well, well, it was a terrible day in the fact that we certified a rigged and stolen election. And, you know, what led to inflation, Biden inflation, and it led to the Afghanistan crisis, and it led to the war in Ukraine, and, mm-hmm. you know, the terrible attack on Israel, all these things wouldn't have happened if Congress did the right thing and sent the election back to the states for a redo because of the rigging and, and all of the fraud. And so it was a terrible day in that regard, but she's not saying it in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just regurgitating uh, leftist lies. And it was sad watching Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis morph into the dumber version of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger uh, last night on CNN. And, you know, all four of those schools have something in common. They'll never be president of the United States, and they'll all have CNN or MSNBC uh, talking head contracts uh, in two years or less. And so um, it's disappointing that she she took the bait um, from the CNN question. Uh, And, you know, she's a fool and and the Republican voters know what happened on January 6th. They know that what the the 2020 election uh, was not free or fair. And they'll send a clear message to Nikki in Iowa when when she finishes in a distant second. They'll send a clear message to her in New Hampshire uh, and in every state across the country. The Republican Party uh, needs to stand up for the, the folks that are being persecuted by uh, the Biden Justice Department uh, and the sham January 6th committee. And so my message to Nikki is get lost. <laughs> Amen. Mic drop right there. Alex Bruce with CEO of X Strategies. Where can people find you? Because our, our Rumble chatters are loving it. They love you. They're going to want to follow you. Where can they go? You can follow me at Alex Brusewitz on all social media platforms. If you have a hard time finding me uh, in the search, you can just go to Christina Pusha's Twitter account because uh, she always tweets about me on there, too. So um, you can find me a few places. <laughs> all right, Alex. Thanks so much for calling in today. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Caroline. All right. We'll take a quick break when we come back. More news and give us a call, 844-500-4242, RCDY1 on Rumble. Alex seems pretty cool. He is indeed a cool guy. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I'm Caroline Levitt in for Grace today, 844-500-4242. And we have a caller on the line. Go ahead, Ron. You're next on the Grace Curley Show. Caroline, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, so that was a that was an excellent segment that you just had. Um, and he mentioned that um, as we all have mentioned millions of times that uh, 2020 was rigged election and he was talking about January 6th. I wanted to tie that together with um, Dr. Fauci just recently came out and said that, um, that the lab leak theory for COVID is no longer a conspiracy theory, even though for the past three years it was. And I, the COVID was intentional in my opinion and it was um, Trump had everything going into the election. The Democrats had to take out the economy, and that's how they did it. But um, if you really want to talk about an insurrection or a coup, that was the successful insurrection and the, sex, sex, the successful coup. COVID was successful at doing that. 
at uh, harming our economy and also killing over 20 million people the world over. And I wish President Trump would just come out and say all that. Hey, Ron, I I definitely do not disagree with you. COVID was the greatest gift to the Democrats and to Joe Biden in 2020 ever. I I was working in the White House at the time and Biden was running a basement campaign, as we all know. He was hardly going out to try and earn votes. uh, And the Democrats and the mainstream propaganda media were harnessing all their attention at, to your point, what you just said, you know, saying that Republicans and President Trump are trying to are trying to kill children. I remember that that news cycle when he called for students to go back to school. Uh, they called him a conspiracy theorist when, theorist when he pointed to ivermectin as a safe and effective treatment, which we now know today that it is. And they definitely called him a conspiracy theorist as well when he ter- he very early called out the lab leak theory. He actually did talk about that in the the Fox News town hall that he did last night. He said, they criticized me when I said it. the virus came from China. Remember, they said it came from California, and then they said it came from the, the, a bat. They said it came from the food market. What were some of the other uh, crazy came from theories? Europe. Yeah, it came from Europe. I mean, they, they pinpointed everywhere else on the world map except for where it actually came from, and that was the Wuhan lab. And we know they did that, Ron, because Dr. Fauci had invested. He, he was part of the NIH, which was engaging in the gain-of-function research, which led to the lab leak. And so, yes, you are right. COVID was the greatest gift to the Democrats because, one, it gave Biden an excuse to campaign in his basement because even then, three years ago, Joe Biden was in, incapable of speaking a cognitive sentence And uh, it gave the media a reason to point the finger at President Trump and say he was doing everything wrong when, in fact, he was right about a lot of it. And then they also, of course, had the the insane uh, censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story and the Biden corrupt crime family as well. So, man, 2020 feels like a lifetime ago, but we can't let it happen again. And now we're 10 months away from another general election against the Democrats. Man, this is such a a perilous time, an important time. I'm Caroline Levitt. This is The Grace Curley Show. Join us for another hour. We're going to talk about Fanny Phony Willis.